But you do will love it. Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. All right, all right. So my first question out the gate, like we always do, is what book would you all love to see as like a movie or a, a series that has not already been made into one? So we're not letting y'all go through like your archives. I already know my answer. I have one already. <laughs> I have one already. I just... Sula. I would love to see Sula televised with the right like the right uh director and writer um maybe barry mm. jenkins could do uh that um i feel like i would trust him with that story because um if bill street could talk was great um sula was one of the most interesting i told you i'm not like a, i don't love fiction um i've only had to get into it in the last two years um yeah. so and sula was like the book that was like okay you know what this is something i really can enjoy um it was just i thought she was such an interesting character um she's definitely a wild card and i appreciate characters that like are like um iconoclasts like they just aren't what their culture is um yeah yeah and i thought that like her shaking shit up made people realize things about themselves or and if it didn't then it definitely exposed who those people were to the readers and I'm like who doesn't love a character that makes other people like make their personalities or characters shine more right like you really yeah. get to see who people are based on how they respond to her so i would love to see that play out on the screen um and i think that that okay. would be good as a mini series oh yeah the mini series are the things now people are definitely like i'm gonna give it a couple of episodes and leave it leave it there we're not about to add anymore you want to go our guest casey or i finished reading a, a new book called Kiss the Scars on the Back of My Neck. I don't know, it's a really good title, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's by Joe Okunkwa. Uh, he's a Black gay author. And uh, it was, it's like the best book I've read in a minute. Uh, it was really good. Uh, it was a classy affair. It's, it's been classy writing. Um, I would love to see that as like a limited series on a, you know, HBO Max or something like that. Uh, it was It was really good. You guys should check it out. Can you say it again yes, for me, please? It's called Kiss the Scars on the Back of My Neck by Joe nice. Okunquow. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I've written a lot of like queer books. Yeah. I mean, I also have always like need more books. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, listen, I, I need to look to that up. List. Yeah. I so I have not seen this book. Um I have not read this book yet, which people are so surprised, but I would love to I've read like synopsis of it, but Kindred. Mm. Like if Kendra was made into a movie or a miniseries, I would more so give it a movie than a miniseries or a series. And then I'm reading a book. I'm also on this weird, like, science fiction, like, civil, like, slavery type yeah. of space right now. So, like, I'm reading one book called Dread Nation. And it's basically about, like, if slaves were, like, trained to be, like, protectors for white people during a zombie apocalypse. And then I'm also reading another book called Ring Shout, which is basically where um, the KKK are actually demons, which they actually are. And there are three uh, black women that are uh, fighting them right now for some reason I have not like got to yet. So I'm definitely like wanting 
those type of like books to start to kick it because I'm like I love the science fiction and I love this like slavery type of weird mashup. So I am excited about that. But what is up, everybody? It is your boy Lord Devry, and I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create a space where black boys can be themselves. And so much more. Voice crack a little bit on my I'm, it's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. So we, you know, as you all know, we took a break from last week um, just because of things were kind of rocky and all of that the stuff. The hurricane knocked my power today. out. <laughs> okay. We're, that's, I mean, look, you know, like, the hurricane either came through New Orleans. It shook shit the fuck up. And your girl was out power for n- without power for nine days. Wow. It just came back How yesterday. Was yesterday was my first day with power. Oh, my God. Girl, when you were like the Hunger Games. <laughs> Not the Hunger Games. Well, there are a lot right? of people in Louisiana who still don't have it and won't have it until the end of the month. And I'm really hoping it doesn't yeah. extend past that for um, many, but I'm pretty sure there are a lot of parishes who still do not. No, I know for a fact that there are a lot of parishes who still do not have power. And it's been like really hot yeah. there, right? Like, oh, like... let me tell you something. If it wasn't by the grace of God and friends who did have power and or me being in Atlanta for a couple of days last week. Oh. I don't know how I would have made it through because the two or three nights that I did stay in this house with no electricity, i.e. no air conditioning, I was livid. Okay. Girl. I was on my last, my last, when I prayed to God just about 30 to 45 minutes before that air kicked in. And I swear to you, all I could muster up was starlight's top bright. I would have so many panic attacks. I remember when, like, my AC, like, broke for, like, a day. I was in this bitch. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. It was, like, Girl. 80. It was, like, 80 degrees in my house. I was like, I don't, I'm about to die. At least you could <laughs> stick your head in the fridge. I couldn't even do that, child. It was yeah. done. Oh, that is. It was that is true. That is We're true. good now, though. Well. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that. that you are safe, sister. I'm glad that you are um, doing well right now. We do pray for everyone that is, that were that was affected by Hurricane Ida. So, please. Pray for those people. Donate. Also, like, wherever you can, please do that. But, you all, we have a guest in the building, as you all probably heard from the other voice that we have, well, that we've had right now. So, we have Casey Hamilton in the building, and we're going to give, like, a little blurb about who you are, and then we're going to allow you to speak. But, Casey Hamilton is a writer and native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and graduate of Southern University and A&M College. He now writes from Atlanta, Georgia. And after briefly working as a freelance copywriter, Ham- Hamilton followed his passion for creative writing with his 2013 amateur debut as a YouTuber, a content creator. I actually watched Judy. So <laughs> I actually loved Judy's when I was in my little, in my gaby days. Oh. So I just want to like be like, oh my God, it was the, the connection. But as a YouTube content creator and star of the gay web series, Judy's and Casey's debut book, Men After 10, will be releasing this September 28th via Amble Press. The book is about the challenges and complexities of being black, gay, and online in these modern times. Mental health challenges and loneliness in the black community, the stigmatization of being HIV positive in the internet promoted promiscuity are among some of the themes explored throughout the book. So we're going to definitely dive into the debut book, but we're also going to kiki with Casey and all of that good stuff. But Casey, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here on your show. I thank you guys. I like you guys um are so positive um i i love what you guys are doing and i don't think you guys get enough credit for this so i'm just gonna say it now and yes i waited till we were live 
But you guys, um, you ask really good questions. Your questions are, re- you really get to the nitty gritty. And I don't think too many people give you enough credit for that. You ask questions that uh, don't come up very often. You guys ask a really good question. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We 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 try to be ourselves. We try to be transparent. We try to ask honest questions. But thank you so much. I think, and this is something I want to say that Hari said as well. Um, it has something to do with like our identities. Like when we're talking to other queer black men, there are things that we're thinking about that people who are not queer and black would um would ask um or excuse me wouldn't ask so i think that like we see each other mm-hmm. as the simplest way i can say it is we see each other yeah we see each other we appreciate that i appreciate that i think i i, I deal with the, the are we getting the crowd you know participation are we getting what we need and i know we've had this conversation so i really do appreciate that you noticed us and wanted to come onto our platform to discuss your debut novel i think that 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 was like I was like, oh my God, you're, you're... <laughs> you look great. Your skin looks wonderful. Huh? You, look, you look wonderful. <laughs> Can we say that? Well, we are going to dive definitely more into your debut no- novel and also who you are, Casey. But before that, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to jump into our Black Boy Joy Spotlight. And this is actually like a like overall spotlight, but I'm going to also shout out specific people. But this do you, you can we ask him the question first i want to see if we can get oh, that yes, I am it's so okay fun. i didn't i didn't want to get lost because i know once we do spotlight we just like so we do um i'll, I'll ask him casey we yes, always ask baby our, girl. Um, we always ask our guests what does black boy joy mean to you and then what brought you joy either today or this week um black boy joy to me it means um smiling in spite of the struggle and the struggle is just living in this existing in this upside down world, especially if you're black, especially if you're gay. Uh, and if you can manage to, you know, make a smile on your face, then I, I, I think that's really something to celebrate. So, yeah, that's what I think Black Boy Joy is. What brought me joy this week? Um, you know, the other day I took myself out to like a fancy restaurant because like I'm like, hey, I just. I have a book coming out this month. Um, it took me three years to write it, a year to find a publisher. You know, I worked really hard on it. Um, yes, that's the book. Um, and I'm We're like, show it I, I, I think times. I'm going to put on some clothes, you know, and take myself out. Treat yourself. Yeah, my friends, they, they wanted to go to Cheesecake Factory for some reason. I'm like, that ain't the wave I'm on. I deserve a little bit better than Cheesecake Factory. They don't even have good cheesecake. <laughs> okay. So I took I myself said, out right, and I just work. treated myself. And yeah, I spent a nice little dime and nickel on myself, but it, it, it felt really good. I got a steak and I was able to do that on my own, pay for it on my own. Uh, that felt great. So that brought me joy this week. That wasn't something yeah. I was always able to do. So, yeah, that brought me I appreciate joy. that it was self-induced. That's exactly. beautiful. And self-paid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely be feeling a way, like, when I started to, like, take myself out to dinner and treat myself, I felt like a brand new woman. Like, I felt yeah. like I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I like I always feel awkward or, or feel like I would feel mm-hmm. awkward going to dinner by myself. But it's, like, really, right. like... It was actually therapeutic. It's very like calm, yes. like you know, whatever, and also splurge. Yeah. Like, sometimes put that money in that because 
listen, money is like made to be spent. We live in a capitalist right. world, so it's just like. <laughs> and I did it without my phone. I put my phone deep into my back pocket, so that means I was on my own, on my own. I wasn't no. Let me make oh, pretend like I'm doing up. something. No, Good I'm just blatantly just. Let me see Intentionally. what the, let me, I was just enjoying myself, myself, the emphasis mm. underlining myself. Yeah. I love that. Period. I, I, that I was a level up. I, I love that for you. And I can, um, I can't wait to talk about this a little bit more yes. with you because I can, I can understand the space to be in, to do something like that and to really revel in it. Yes. Um, we're going to have mm-hmm. a good time today. Yes, we are. We are. What brought you joy, Darwin? Oh, you joy? oh my God. Well. Thank you for asking. Girl, we do this with everybody. Don't act <laughs> brand new. <laughs> I almost forgot. We don't. If you didn't see my story, the thing that brought me the most joy in the last week is that at, 10 49 p.m. on Tuesday, the eighth. <clears throat> oh, is that the seventh? Whatever. My electricity no, whatever. was restored. And yeah. literally, as I was laying there, they said, Clink! and I said, Oh my God! and woke Eli up <laughs> and rejoiced and literally stayed on my story to tell everyone that for that time from going forward. So that literally brought me the most joy outside of sunbathing on Sunday. Oh, come on. Yeah, That's, that, listen, you were like, you were like through adversity, yeah. like still enjoying and being optimistic. Oh, yeah. One thing about it. New Orleans has a really great sense of community and that shit really showed up for me. Oh, you know what? Let me say, fuck them lights. That is what brought me joy. (laughs) That brought me a lot of joy. New Orleans came together in a really beautiful way um, during the midst of all of us not having um, electricity in the city and people were cooking for each other and just reveling and like being in space with each other. And I just, I have never felt more connected to strangers in my whole life. Yes. So I think it's uh, like through adversity. I think uh, what what um, New Orleans has been through in the past has definitely brought them a sense. When I was there visiting, I just felt like I was like a part of the, like the, just a part of the community. Like I have been there for a while. So I think that is something that is like very strong. And I love that about New Orleans. Uh, <clears throat> I think for me, well, it wasn't this week, but like last week I um, joined. If For people that do not know, I am a nerd. I joined like a D&D, so Dungeons and Dragons, like party game, like type of space. So I got like really invested. I bought me some dice. I created me like a character. And like I started to create like a sense of community in this type of realm. So like every Friday I partake in a uh, a game or what is it? I want to say a story. Oh, wow. Um, nice. as, as, as I would say. So we started last week and this is the we did like combat last week. So we jumped into like our combat. And then this week we're jumping into like our conversation role playing. So I'm just really excited. I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I'm definitely just doing things that like I thoroughly enjoy. I've also joined a book club. So oh. the book club is supposed to start this Sunday. So I just am like being a full blown. Uh, I have a question. I'm just like, let me. Do you check off What's up, the love? geek box on Jacked? I do. I play gamer. I play gamer. Well, not on Jack. No, they don't like have Tinder, that. I play gamer. They have the little geek. Yeah, I do. <laughs> they do. I I wouldn't know. I was being funny. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I we gonna talk about that too. By the way, my experiences with these damn. Oh, uh, we gonna talk about it because we gonna talk about it. We can't we gonna talk about it. Right. We gonna fight the best. <laughs> we gonna fight the best. But now we can move into our Black yes, Boy Joy can. Spotlights for the week. And this week's our, this week our Black Boy Joy Spotlight is actually a series. And the series is called For the Boys, and it is actually on YouTube, but it's through Slay TV. 
and for the boys is a web series created by co-created the um oh jesus <laughs> hold on let me drink hold on mm. <laughs> all right it is a web series co-created by makai lee and lsc dawson that follows the lives of three young queer black friends jamal anthony saeed as they navigate love and friendship in new york city chandler bryant co-stars as anthony with uh, drew coleman as jamal and lamont walker the second as saeed the series premiered earlier this year on slate tv youtube channel and has garnered tens of thousands of views on each of its four episodes since it's launched and it actually just re like dropped it's like part two of its first series so like the first two episodes of the second I don't want to say second, six, episode five and six have just been released as well. And it's been getting like a lot of traction from the community. And there's also a lot of, I have joined some Facebook, sorry, some Instagram live discussions about like these shows and like viewing parties and things like that. And I think that it is something that is kind of like um, a breath of fresh air to have a show where we are seeing dynamics of our queer experiences being navigated in a space that just feels authentic. So there's like specifically the character character of, was it Anthony? Anthony, uh, they present as non-binary and you actually start to see them form a relationship with somebody and a person is embracing them as they are. And I think I just like really love that interaction because we know sometimes in our community, people that are non-binary, um, kind of feel like they won't be able to find love or whatever the case may be due to our whatever the rules and shit that the community be having, but it's really dope to have that experience like play out on TV. Like, yes, we all can find love. We ain't gotta be this these masculine men or these two these feminine men. We can be whatever we want and we can be on the spectrum. So I really appreciate this show. Yeah, I just subscribed um and added on my watch list. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. And it's a quick it's it's like it's like thirty like twenty two to thirty minutes. Also the soundtrack for the show is like iconic every time like episode like i just have to shazam what the fuck is the songs at the end because i'm like it gives me like the noah noah's arc and i don't want to compare because having people compare like normani to beyonce and mm. chloe bailey wow. to beyonce oh. <laughs> but oh. it gives me oh. <laughs> why are we missing okay <laughs> I, I hate when people compare yes. like, i hate when people compare like let that be that so oh. it does <laughs> It gives me the essence that I've, I've like begged and always wanted in a queer show. Mm-hmm. So Judy's, let's not forget Judy's as well. <laughs> That's we're not gonna forget about that. But definitely love love that. So if you all would love to check it out for the boys on YouTube and also through Slay TV, they uh, Slay TV produ- produces um, and Judy's is on Slay TV as well. Correct? I think so. I've, I'm, I'm, it? I've, I've yeah. been some time since I checked. I've, I was MIA, but I know the guys behind Slay TV, and I, I, I love yeah. them. Um, and I'm, I, I love this, this, this show. Um, their cinematography is really good too. On for the boys, I'm, I'm so happy for them. Yes. I'm, I really am. I'm so happy for them. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to everybody that's a part. Check it out on Slate TV and YouTube and for the boys. And we are now going to get into some of our hot topics for the week. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> the first one, um, uh, I just want to say I. I appreciate everyone coming out to the um we, we get pa- the do we have to start there? We, I don't I don't do we have to start there? <laughs> what do you what do you I want to call it? Because that was can we do we can we start with can we start with the I condolences hope somebody first? Was filming can we, that because I was, can we start with the condolences first? Do it 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 do
do it. I was literally heartbroken. Um, and okay. I, one thing I do appreciate is that ne- the video of Nini talking to the people at the Lanithia surface before Greg passed, because right. that gave me like a two day time w- or a window to just like prepare myself for Greg's passing. Cause that hit. And I was like, I'm going to be devastated. I thought we had a good week, two weeks, maybe a month. So when the turnaround happened and the news broke that we lost Greg leaks, um, the first husband of uh, Bravo, I truly really like, I, my heart broke. I've, I was so sad. Yeah. And I just want to make sure I say some positive things about Greg uh, before we do go into this necessary conversation. Um, truly a light. I've been watching Real Housewives since I was 13 years old. I am 26. This show has been around for half of my life. And Greg Leakes is the calmest um, and most kind and gentle and consistent and wise character to come from that network. Um, yeah. or, or to grace that ne- network because he existed well before them. Um, and I am so fortunate that I have gotten the positive moments just from watching the TV with Greg on it where I was just like, hey, Greg is my nigga. Like, or he's, you know, they're calming Nene down or he's offering wisdom in the situation or just the dynamic that they gave. And honestly, I feel like like hundreds of thousands of people were touched by, if not millions of people were touched by Greg Leakes and what a life to live. And he and his family yeah. should be so proud proud of his legacy because that was an extraordinary man yeah i i went i was wanted to come from the space like there was so much love and support at the um celebration of life for greg lee's it was so many women that i have not seen come together the housewives come together throughout whatever we've seen on screen um to show support and love for greg and nini like i recently also seen um kenya like speak um, about Greg and it was nothing but positivity and like just nothing but like, I was like, I've never, I was like, oh my God, like, wow. But it just shows how much Greg was an amazing man. And I was just like really proud that people came um, in love and positivity for Nini in these challenging times. So I didn't want to ho- stay on this conversation too long. No, I just want to say that there were memories. wasn't the problem. The problem was... I didn't want to lead with the event because the event had a way more going on than them people being there for Greg. And that was yes, something yes. else. Because yes. Can we talk about was, that? Because we still, they looked uh, a mess. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, now go. like, look, now. I don't want to be inappropriate, but did anyone see Apollo's uh, wife? Yes, Jill, Shereen, that's exactly what I was. Oh. What? Like, the, I live in Atlanta. The flash was and I was like, wow, that's, Full hey, titty. Did you wow, not know the flash was gonna be on? Titty. Full titty. But I feel you, like even without the flash, it was it was a lot. Um It was, it was the flash. Though. You're wearing that to, you're you're doing this at a a, a going away right. party. Like, that girl, was, and look, can we talk about it was quite the celebration of life. Like there was the whole my concert. It was Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Right? It, I mean yeah. I don't know. It, it was a lot. It was Wow. <laughs> it was a lot to take lot, in. Yeah. No, it really it was. was. I am not one to judge about how people like breathe. I recording and taping that because it definitely seemed like a... I want to know what it was like. Yeah. Honestly, so... And I don't want to, like, shit on whoever Freddie O is, but, like, those pictures weren't great, Um, which was kind of unfortunate because... 
everybody kind of looked a mess, like everybody. Um, and it was just like yeah. the cast. Of, I guess it was the Flash. Um, it yeah. could have been the lighting. could have been the yeah. in the Lanethia. I don't know. Um, see, this is why I didn't want to start with this, because I knew I had a whole bunch of bullshit <laughs> to say about it. I do. I, I, listen, I was talking about these. I was saying I appreciate the, the coming out and support. I wasn't talking about the event yet. I was just like, I was starting off with the positive when no. like, people came to support. I know. And I, just, I was not talking about. It was the, the Lanethia lounge of it all for me. Why was it held there at that venue? I understand. Well, you know, he, he was part of the owner, back. but like, wow, that's like a club. And I know um, it couldn't have been for the funeral expenses because I know Greg had and just, just uh, how, life insurance. How everyone was dressed. It was yeah, <laughs> it was a party. Yeah. It was a. I, yeah. I, I was, was very interested club. to see the gospel folk there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I was I don't know because I, I saw that there was a ceremony, so I thought that maybe the Lanethia was a pre thing. I didn't realize that that was the ceremony. When I saw the picture, oh, wait, it was a ceremony. Pretty sure. I thought it was like a. I, th- I thought it was like was, a pre or a post or like I, I didn't it know was it was post. the event. Like, yeah. Oh, was it a post? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really quote me. Don't know. I was curious. Please tell me it was a post. <laughs> um, post? I don't. I don't think it was the funeral. I, okay. I don't think it was the funeral. Okay, good. Okay, Jesus. Because I was like yeah. that is. I just Intense. thought that because it was at the Lanethia that that maybe was like a repass, but yeah. like mm-hmm. I don't know that that was what it was like i don't know that it was yeah um i don't know but i do know yeah. is that um i have been thinking about nini a lot lately and i'm really hoping that um she'll have all this love and support she needs um i'm glad that the the women of the former cast members and current cast members were there to support um i hope that they did come there genuinely and i hope that um the ones who should be there for Nini will be there. I'm looking at Marlo Hampton um, because they were strained a little bit before. I know I, I, that really concerned me. Um, when I saw yeah. them dancing and smiling, I was like, that's good. I hope that she'll be a real support for Nini for the next however much time that Nini needs to recover yeah. or to, I mean, I don't know how to really recover, but you know, to cope because as far as everyone else is concerned, I mean, I'm pretty sure they weren't really talking beforehand. Mm. Yeah. That's what they know. said. That's yeah. what both of them yeah. said. So. Kim Zosiak was there. Wow. She was with yeah. big, big old Croy. Oh, yeah, she was with Corey. She was with Corey. Croy. Pulled the lever, Croy. Clearly not playing football <laughs> anymore. I didn't realize that um, he wasn't. I didn't know he was. His, but I forgot Kenya I had said he wasn't, but I could see that he was not. Um, I didn't know he played football in the beginning. All right. Um. <laughs> I think everyone can take a sip on that one. <laughs> right, really quickly. Um, how are y'all thoughts? If do you all watch the other franchises? How are you all thoughts and vibes about the other franchises? Beverly Hills, Potomac. We know Salt Lake is coming back with oh some school drama. Was, Just really quick, yeah. you all thoughts. I don't, so I'll let you guys take that. <laughs> we won't spend too much I, time I, on I, it. We will okay. not. We do. We definitely will not. <laughs> I will give y'all Jeremy. a rundown though, real quick. <laughs> Give us the tea on our our housewives. So with Beverly Hills, Erica Jane's little husband scandal is still going strong. Erica's getting super defensive <laughs> and threatening her castmates for asking her valid questions that I'm sure a court of law will also be asking her in the next couple of months if they have not already. Um, and so that was really interesting to watch her just snap on the people who she has to film with considering it's work. Um, so there's that. That's it. That's all that's going on over there. Literally, Erica is, is the storyline. Um, and of course with Potomac, um, it's still kind of moving a little slow. 
I mean, very slow. They're on Wendy's ass, no... and they need to get up off of it. I'm over it. Like, it's just... she's the plot line. She's she's fighting for that chair next to Andy right now. And she, her and Kent, her and um, Candace is angry at Ashley because she misinterpreted what Ashley said when she went to the kitchen. She, no, she's mad because her she in the prior episode she still was high off that anger that argument with her husband. Mm. So Ashley was the next target because you know she even came because remember they put the three hours later like they still had an arguing oh, so. It was she. She Ashley was just the target. Ashley was just the target. You when she called her wild body, I said you body shame. But when she said forehead, I said you right. She said forehead. I said that's there's so many things a person could say about Candace, and I just I'm so honestly yeah. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure if I haven't said it on here or yeah I'm gonna say it today. The beef between Ashley and Candace is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It comes out of nowhere. It is not very, I mean, okay, I won't say it's not entertaining, but it's not like substantial. You know, when you get like Nene, um, well, that was a lot. (laughs) Sure. When you get (laughs) Nene Nene and Kim, it's like funny, right? Or Nene and Kenya, it's like, okay, you know, like those kind of make sense, right? When you get to Giselle and Karen, that's like the staple of the franchise. These two beefing, but also being friends enough that they can get over it after some time. Yeah. Candace and Ashley don't make sense. And I don't understand why we're still here, why we were here in the first place. I also don't think they need to be friends. So I just kind of graze over it. Like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And your girls over at Salt Lake. Oh, wow. They're coming with excited? the drama. Actually, my roommate, Eli, yeah. is going to end up watching it with me um, because I think he just never imagined that anything. He doesn't watch any reality TV at all. Um, okay. And, but since we live together, we only have one TV because I refuse to get one. Um, he's been watching Potomac with me. And when he found out that Salt Lake City has one, he was like, Salt Lake City, what do they have there? And I was like, Mormons. He's like, drama. that might be interesting. They have Mormons and drama. <laughs> and now the motherfuckers is going to jail. So I'm very excited. Yeah. The trailer was good. I, it was great. Go ahead. I'm excited. I think I'm going to have to get back into uh, Salt Lake because of interesting drama. I just, I think I'm too far behind on Beverly Hills. So I definitely am not going to finish that. And I watch um, <laughs> Don't start it, Potomac okay. regularly. I don't I'm even not, care about it, honestly. Um, it's just entertaining. I'm not invested. Yeah, so there goes the Housewives tea for y'all. Really quick, quick, we have some music dropping tomorrow. We have um, Chloe, ba- Chloe Bailey. Yeah, Chloe Bailey is dropping Have Mercy. We also have Yeba's debut album dropping yes. uh, tomorrow. We also have, yes, we also have Ari Lennox's new um, single dropping tomorrow. And then... Coming soon, September 17th to be exact, we have Lil Nas X debut album, which I am super excited about. I am ready to give my girl all her coins, all her money. I think this is going to be a great project for um, him. He has some iconic people that is a part of this as well. So praise all this new music that is coming. I don't really like Donda and Drake, those two girls. Drake's no, album was boring. That was a snooze fest. I hated it. Yeah. I don't care what so, the girls are saying about people that. People like that. And then the last four hot topics, I know this is something I've like, I'm interested in and I know I've been like following. So the CW has uh, greenlit a show called Tom Swift and it's basically about a black gay billionaire and it is a spinoff off of the Nancy Drew series that is on um, the CW. And I am super excited to um, have a, I think our first black queer like man as a lead in the show, I think. I don't, like, I don't think that's ever no. Well, on like the CW. Let me just oh, say okay. on the CW. Right. Let me not. Let I was me like, not. well, wait a minute. <laughs> I was really looking at you like, girl. We've already had this conversation before. 
I forgot this. But he he's the title so character. Funny. This is his show. He is the title. Right. He is the title character. Did not watch Nancy. This is Drew network television. I think that's the network important television. part. This is that's what <laughs> you get for free. <laughs> yes. So I was. It's, it's the CW. So I already know it's going to be some shits and giggles. But I'm super excited to see this black gay billionaire solve the mysteries, find love, all of that shit. You know, CW usually gets a lot of seasons. Like shows get a lot of seasons, and they get like. 27 episodes that are hour and then you know riverdale is still going and i don't even know what the fuck is happening over there <laughs> so never even watched for, that it got it got too crazy for me child i was like this is not the comic books that i grew up reading okay <laughs> it's far from this that not archie this is not archie <laughs> okay archie's chilling adventures when i was a kid i was watching that but Shout out to um, the show. I will be checking it out. And I'll be giving y'all some of my thoughts and opinions on the show when it does drop. Yay. And with that, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to jump into the reason we are here. The in the potatoes, the um, Casey Hamilton interview. <laughs> so y'all, we are back and we are here with Casey. Casey, how are you? Like, first of all, Casey, this is your debut book that you are dropping with us. How are you feeling? Um, wow. Um, that's a very good question. I feel very proud of myself, to be honest with you. A lot of people have been asking me that. How do I feel? Um, it took me three years to write this, a year to find a publisher in a pandemic, I mind you. Um, and, and, you know, a year of waiting and editing and everything to, to get it pretty and polished to, to actually, um, be published. So now that we're coming up on that, um, I just feel proud of myself. Um, I spent, you know, I'm a creative person. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. And, but I haven't like, besides this book, before this book, I, I didn't really get to put anything. I mean, the last episode of Judy's was like 2015. So that's a long time for a creative person to go without mm-hmm. um, using their voice. Mm-hmm. And that took a toll on me. I'm not going to lie. Because a book is something that um, people only care about once it's finished. Yeah. And if it takes a, a time to, to write, uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard. So, yeah, yeah, I feel proud of myself. Yeah. And before we even move on, can you tell us your version of what Men After 10, your debut novel is? Can you tell us that? Um. Well, as far as the title or the the whole we go okay, we can get into or... why the name Men yeah. After Ten, but the the what okay. is the the back the background like what is the story of Men After Ten? Your synopsis. Your synopsis. Yeah. Thank you, love. So Men 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 After Ten is a novel. It's about a fictional app called Men After Ten, um, which is catered towards um, you know a gay men of color. And it's about the, it's like each chapter is a different hookup. It's about um, app culture, hookup culture, where we are now as black gay men. Yeah. Mm. And the title, uh, it's titled Men After 10 because that's the name of the app in yeah. the book. But it's titled that because, uh, you know, the late hours of the night is when the apps reach their peak, pretty much. <laughs> um, it's a lot of activity happening. Um, and, you know, um, that's one reason. And also because it consists of 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. And what happens after those 10 chapters is kind of very open-ended. Mm. Uh, the book does not necessarily... Uh, 
it doesn't neatly wrap everything, everyone's story up into one neat package. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of uh, up to us as readers to, to fill in the yeah. blanks. So it's, as far as what happened. Um, what made you want to tell this specific story? Um, this honestly, this was the story that I could not leave this earth without telling. Like if something were to happen to me tomorrow. And this is the only story I got to tell. I could probably be okay with mm-hmm. it. Um, I wrote, I'm a person of passion, and I wrote from a place of passion. And if I didn't, I don't think I, I would have endured the three years it took me to write this, the additional year it took to find a publisher and whatnot. Uh, I, I just, I was at a very low point when I started um, this book. I had just moved from Atlanta to Los Angeles. Um, and uh, that just was not working out for me. I was meeting the worst people in LA and uh, it just wasn't working out. And uh, I had tried everything I had in me to try as far as navigating my way in the world that I lived in and I was getting the same results and um, my depression, which was untreated and undiagnosed, Mm. was just really, it was, it was eating me up and uh, it was, it was really consoling me. I was at a very low point when I I started this book. I was out of options. I didn't know any other approach to take. I had tried everything that I knew. I moved from one side of the country to the opposite coast. I tried, you know, deleting social media, getting off of social media entirely. I was wow. I I tried everything. I tried uh, good boys. I tried bad boys. I tried, (laughs) you know, being a nun. I tried being, you know, wild, wild and out. I tried everything, but I was feeling the same results. Mm -hmm. I was really out of options. And I was really just at a low point uh, mentally. Um, my oldest friend died in like the worst way. She oh, was also so from Louisiana, small town Louisiana. Wow. And uh, I felt so many things about that. And I didn't really get a chance to express it. And um, that's what led me to this book. And there was so much being put out at the time. Like the movie Moonlight came came out around the same time I started writing this book. People regarded that as like such a great story, <laughs> and it was so unfulfilling for me. It was so. Am I the only one? Not am I the only no. one? I loved it. it was. It was I very, was very vocal about. <laughs> I, I was very it. vocal. Look, the cinematography was yeah, great. It was the the performances were great, but it was the story of the Dio brother, which is what I grew up with. I grew up hearing that yes. story. How are you, this attractive gay black gay man? Who became a drug dealer um, because of trauma, and you've never had sex with a man or a woman. And I wanted to know more about that person, and they never really explored yeah. that. Mm. And uh, it was a lot left out in that movie. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I just wanted to write something raw and real, something that really Smoke. spoke to 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 what how hard it is, honestly. And it's very hard being black and gay. And I live in Atlanta, mm-hmm. so if anyone knows how hard it is. I know, and I I went through so much besides my friend, my friend passing and the impact that had yeah. on me that I just needed to express. So it was very cathartic, and I just wanted to write something real that was rooted in reality mm-hmm. that really spoke 
um, in an honest way about the struggle yeah. that, that we all have. Yeah. How, yeah. How is this process different for you with writing for Judy's? I know that that's writing a script versus writing a novel. How was that process something that was different for you? Um, so I've never really talked about Judy's in a very long time. Um, it's so crazy that you asked me that. I understand. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm like, I know. I know no, you from no, that. I'm so yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, Judy's was great for me. Um, it was it was great in many ways in my life because I was creating, and I was I was using the gift that I that I was given, and I was I was I, as long as I'm creating, I'm happy, mm-hmm. and that was great. But pe- what people don't know about Judy's is that I was the creator, I was the writer, I was the director, I was the every camera person there was in most cases. I was the editor. Yeah. I was, you know, I did the casting. I was the, it was the a actor. Lot. I did the voiceovers. It was a lot. It was not, I didn't have a mm. crew, basically. Mm-hmm. And I took Judy's very seriously because I was building a following. I was telling a story. I was using my gift. Um, but just because I take it seriously doesn't mean everyone else yeah. um, necessarily is that dedicated yeah. to it. And, uh, and although I'm playing many roles in Judy's, um, I'm not everyone. Yeah. And there's other mm. people involved also. So Judy's kind of burnt me out playing so many roles for so long. And, you know, there was no profit involved in Judy's, you know. It was just a YouTube web series, an amateur YouTube web series. You know, no one got rich off of Judy's or anything like right. that. So uh, I was no longer able to create Judy's because of other people that didn't take it as seriously as I did for, you know, whatever mm-hmm. reasons. And, uh, you know, a creative that isn't able to create because of other people is a very bad thing to do. So, you know, the next project I decided to do, I was like, no, the next project I do, I I want to be fully 100% responsible for because I can trust myself. I don't know if I can trust anyone else. And a, a novel seemed like a great idea. It's something that I always wanted to do. So, so as I did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You introduced uh, the reader to multiple characters and their points of view. Um, which one was your most your most favorite to write? Which one did you feel most connected to? Um, yes, Bronte, um, <laughs> Bronte for sure because I'm a yeah. writer and I'm always very partial to the characters that are writers. Yeah. And uh, also during that period, I was in LA. I moved on the opposite side of the country from everything and everyone I knew I did it in a I didn't tell anyone I did it without warning mm. um are you mean <laughs> and and I was lonely I was lonely it was not working out LA was not working out oh, for me. and I, yeah. I, I I didn't feel comfortable to express that it was not working out but I tried to make it work but it just wasn't working I think that's um, I was that lonely. is okay I think a lot of people try to force this LA down your throat like it has it's the place to yeah. be in reality like if it's not for you that is it is not where I know it's a lot of opportunities there, but like you can always fly in and fly out. <laughs> like, right. But um, <clears throat> LA was just, you know, I was meeting like the worst of the worst people, the most vapid mm-hmm. people. And, you know, the people back home and everything, they were proud of me because I moved to LA. I got out. I know mean, I grew up in a shotgun house. Mm-hmm. I, my bedroom was where the washer and dryer was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
and I moved to LA and lived on my own with no roommate, people were proud of me for that. You know, I didn't feel comfortable expressing to them that I'm sorry, but uh, this ain't it for yeah. me. You know, I tried to make it work for three years and, you know, I caved eventually. Yeah. You know? So with this book, the shit was, it was very intimate. The, 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 the sex. That's the creating. We can talk about that. I was just like, how did you feel like being so descriptive (laughs) and what we do behind closed doors and or in front of people or whatever the case may be? Did you feel like, whoa, like this, would this be picked up? Will people like this? Or is this too explicit for everyone or certain people? It was very cathartic Mm -hmm. to write this. Um, I was at such a low point again for so many different reasons, from being burnt out from doing a web series, from losing a friend that passed in a way that um, gay men kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, don't pass in anymore in, in, in this modern-day age, mm-hmm. and being impacted by that, but not really being able to express it creatively. Um, yeah, I, I, felt a, I felt just a lot of things that I couldn't really express. So I decided that um, I would write this book. I would dedicate 100% to it. I didn't write anything else while I was writing this book. Uh, I just concentrated solely on mm-hmm. this. And, um, you know, it, 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 was, it was hard. It, it, it was hard. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I mean, it, it does. No, I think um, your book, you are really great at capturing the raw and complexities of these characters and our interactions in reality. Reading the book, I was definitely like, I know this some, sounds like something that is not made up. That is something that you, you know, when you think you're reading, sometimes you read books, you're like, could this really happen in real life? Or is this something that really, right. do you, but in this book, um, you get to that raw and unfiltered and just be honest and transparent um, type of relationship with the characters. And I think that that was something that really stood out to me in this book was the it was a lot of vulnerability. There was a lot of conversations mm-hmm. about mental health. There was a lot of conversations about loneliness. It was loneliness. It was a lot of conversations about just simply wanting to just hook up and not have any connections. And I think that that was something that is do you feel like that is something that is needed to be like showcased to the world right now um with with your pro with your novel i do um we're living in a loneliness epidemic right now i don't know if you guys know this but there's been a lot of uh like loneliness going mm-hmm. on especially with the yeah. pandemic yeah even this before is- the pandemic i just find the black gay experience is very lonely yeah um especially as you get older and as black gay men especially we're not really trained for getting older you know 25 <laughs> doesn't really feel like 25 for us it feels like a lot I'm older like, it's, it's, it's you know double. what i mean <laughs> yeah and and when i was 25 specifically i felt like that was like when my awakening really came i started to wake up like you know where am i going to be five years from now and you know, Beyonce had just released self-titled and it was like, just like <laughs> she was grown and I feel like I was grown and it was just like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it was, it was a lot. Um, but, um, yeah, I, um, 
I'm sorry. Your question. Oh no, <laughs> the question. I, th- I just was talking about like this book opening up that raw and honest experience that we all know about. We know what it is like behind closed doors in the apps. You know, we sometimes show our girlfriends or our friends this, but we don't really allow. We don't really have people that are like heteronormative, like really understanding, like you know, the, the conversations or the mm-hmm. thought process that we have in these moments. You know, a lot of people you know, like sometimes can be like, oh, why are they so promiscuous? Or why is, you know, these 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 things that are these connotations, but it's like, this book is allowing you to get to understand some people's stories, not all, but like get to right. know some people's thought process and that vulnerability that can come in to an intimate space. You know, that dating gap is a voyage for us to feel like Mm. we don't have to hide or feel like we have to, you know, we will show up, we can showcase our best assets, you know? And I think that is something that we see with the characters in this book as well. We know who they are, right? The readers, but when they're presenting themselves to the people that they're meeting on their app, they're putting this, this emphasis on something, you know, we're seeing this person, maybe like I, like I may be scrawny behind, you know, you might not know, but I'm you gonna see how big I am if you know what I mean, you know, like all of yeah. that stuff. So it's like that combination of it's like this um I don't wanna it's like this like it's like not a fantasy, but it's like this 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 fascination with like I'm gonna give you what I want you to give and you know, you play with that. And I think that is something that in our community we know the apps we know we see it we we honest we we know what the hookup culture is and all that stuff like that but like yeah. seeing also people's thought process behind you know we wake up we we hear the ring we know what that means you know the tr- travel host all of that stuff the, the chime we we know that so really getting into <laughs> that normalizing you know this 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 reality is what this book is allowing for our listeners and viewers or people who was reading it to just really grasp. And do you think that this book is something that anybody can pick up or something that you feel like it caters to? Like, if you grab it, you won't understand what is happening. Uh, um, I wrote the book that I wish I would have had when I was just starting out as a young mm-hmm. kid, trying mm-hmm. to find my way. Because a lot of, you know, during my period was more like a... You know, the biggest adversity in a lot of gay stories that are told is like coming out. And, uh, you know, I came out when I was 18. I grew up in a shotgun house. I grew up Jehovah's Witness, which is a religion that was forced upon me. Uh, wasn't one that I accepted in any kind of way. Um, and, and I had a lot that I wanted to express. Um, so I wrote the book that I wish I would have had because uh it kind of a lot of the stories that were being told made it seem like coming out was like the end of our story if we were able to be accepted mm-hmm. as who we were then it was kind of all rainbows and sunshine from there and you know i feel like the story just starts there as gay men and particularly black gay men because a lot of it is about navigating your way in among other black gay mm-hmm. men you know what i mean uh and I, I wrote, uh, I saw I didn't, if you notice, any, none of the stories really include coming out or anything yeah. like that. It's about what, you know, just trying to find your way among mm-hmm. you know, um, the community that you belong to. What did you learn while you were writing this book? Um, 
you know, my mental health was at such a low point when I wrote this book. I had undiagnosed, untreated depression, I was lonely, and that wasn't, um, it wasn't something that I talked about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It wasn't something I took medication for and things like that. And you would be surprised what this book brought out in me. You know, it made me so much more comfortable to talk about mental health and my depression, my um, self-esteem, and uh, just what I was going through. It really opened me up. It was very cathartic mm-hmm. to write this book. Like, okay. would you say the real writing this was something that was therapeutic to you as well, right? Like, not, you know, having that space to talk about, you know, not really saying this is who you you're dealing with this but somebody else you know having that freedom and range to create this story in that space for them did you, would you say that this was something that was there therapeutic for you as your debut oh yeah it was very therapeutic for me before i wrote this book i didn't talk about depression i didn't talk about my depression i didn't talk about loneliness i didn't talk about uh the fact that i was balding when i Child, listen and that was affecting my you know my my my, my image mm-hmm. of myself and you know what worked for me in atlanta didn't necessarily work for me in la um those were things that i didn't talk about and you know i spent three years with this book these characters became my best friends you know in a in a city where i didn't feel like i mm-hmm. had any mm-hmm. So it was a very intimate experience. I mean, I could I don't think I will ever write anything as personal as this, honestly. Mm. I wanted to say too, and this is actually to the both of you, um, that there's something to say about that loneliness. Um, and not only is it felt like w- within our own community, but like as of right now in general, um, people are having less sex. Um, and this is something my roommate reminds me of very often. Uh, people are super disconnected for a number of reasons. And I think, um, Make sure I hold up the book for y'all. <laughs> um, when when you're dealing with apps like Men After Ten, um, it, those are some of the things that help us feel or make us feel less connected. Um, so there is some is absolutely um, a relevance in the forum that this uh, is told mm-hmm. through. That's that's really what I wanted to make sure I said. Um, yeah. What surprised you the most? What surprised me the most, um, you know, men have to say that, like, you know, it's such a, it's a very sex-driven novel. What people don't know is that I was having, like, the least amount of sex <laughs> as I was writing it during that period in my life, because I was, I had so many, like, body image issues, and I just really felt like, when I moved to LA, I was just like, I felt so small in a city that was so big. Mm. And I was very um, unlike myself for so mm-hmm. long. And it lasted for three years. And, you know, the irony and all that was just very surprising to me. Um, yeah. I, I'm just like, ugh. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you read the book, you would think that I was like having the best sex ever. Mm-hmm. But I I wasn't having much sex during the period, so a lot of it was just relying on memories. So hey, I guess memories. <laughs> right? Yeah, relying on what you yeah. know. I mean, I think <laughs> you good and bad. I'm for um, for the readers, when the book first, I don't want to. Let me. 
when you get into this book, you definitely you won't know that it was it was missing. All right. Let's just say that you won't know that you were, you know, whatever the case may be. We got some strong imaginations and all that. But what is one thing you want people to take away from men after 10? I really hope Man After 10 makes people have a conversation with themselves and uh, especially if they're black and gay and think about uh, where we are um, in this particular time because it's quite a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. And even more so on top of that, it's quite a time to be black and gay in the time mm-hmm. that we're in. And I hope it makes people ask themselves, you know, are they using these apps? Are these apps using them? You know? mm. What are what are we profiting off of these apps? Because they are promoting promiscuity. They I mean, we're, we're, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with promiscuity, but um, that wasn't a face do, promiscuity. <laughs> I mean, no, it, I'm just saying we get, we get you know, this. Um, you know how drugs release like a temporary high, you know, or we get this 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 buzz, you get know, you dopamine, get your little dopamine. Child. I think for some people, the mo- that moment that ding comes, you get that dopamine. I mean, we know on social media when you get likes, when you get that attention, right? When you get, we also have to ch- go into the conversation with ourselves. Or what are you know, like you said, what are they using us? Are we using them? You know, loneliness, all of that stuff. Like I know I've used the apps and I'm just like, I'm using it for the wrong intentions. So all of that. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad you are wanting us to challenge that notion. I just did a survey about that too, by the way, um, about the reason we use those. Um, The apps are becoming a really huge uh, conversation. Or I shouldn't say they're becoming huge, but the, the conversations around them are growing um, outside yeah. of beyond the conversations we have with ourselves. So this is really I'm, great timing. I mean, it, this is, child, the apps are a part of our community now. And it we yeah. have, we have to figure out how we want to, do we want it to work for us or against us, you know? I mean, if you really think about it, it's easier than it's ever been to be a gay man, right? I mean, you can go on an app. You don't even have to leave your freaking place mm-hmm. to, 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 you know, find someone to filter them to exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You can know exactly what you're getting into, what their body looks like and everything before you even get into the situation. Yeah. It's very easy. It's easier than it's ever yeah. been. But if you really think about it, it's also it also feels harder than it's ever been to find genuine connection yeah, with other gay it. Yeah. men. It, it really does. And I wasn't trying to be dismal or depressing, but uh, I just really wanted to explore that because it is quite a time to be alive. It really is. And I just I just really wanted to um, tell a, a raw, true story of what it's like to be a Black gay man in this day and age. Mm. I can appreciate that. Yeah. So um, my, yeah, my, one of the things I'd like to thank you. Well, go ahead. no, I was. I'm sorry. I technical difficulties on this side, but continue. I want to thank you uh, because you've been um, very vulnerable with us as well as in uh, this novel, um, and I think that that's something that both our listeners and yours and your readers um, will be graced um, and very much blessed by. So thank mm-hmm. you um, for taking the time to talk to us about it, and um, I think if. 
I have certainly felt that here sitting here and I know um, that reading the book is the same um, experience. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that is also reflected for, for our viewers. Q let our viewers and listeners know when and where they can purchase men after 10. Yes. Men after 10 will be available everywhere. September 28th. Um, It is available on paperback, on Kindle, you know, ebook, um, and audiobook on September 28th. I highly recommend that you guys um, read it and and purchase it because as Black gay men, we're not really considered a viable market. Where are we We, purchasing it? We're we're purchasing it through Amazon, pretty much everywhere books are sold. I just highly suggest that we, as Black gay men, support it because it really is a book for Black gay men, written by Black gay men. And, uh, oh, we need to hear you. Back and we can't hear you. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. it's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> if it died, you know. I'm so sorry. Can you guys still hear yeah. me? Yeah. Faintly. Okay. Um, I highly suggest that you guys support it because um, a lot of you know, our literature is published by smaller publishers, which I'm assigned to, um, which don't necessarily have all the resources that they mm-hmm. and, uh, mm. You know, it's it, it kind of like we're not considered a viable market in the publishing world. It's like, you know, I really want to move everyone along. That black gay men show up to, 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 to support other black. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming by and chatting with us about your debut novel. I have thoroughly enjoyed reading the stories and getting to know your thought process and also the characters in the story's thought process about their lives and all of those things. Where can our listeners and viewers, you know, follow you at on social media so that they can even continue the conversation with you? Yeah, um, on Twitter, I am professional drama. Abbreviated as R E C R E A T L drama. Um, on Instagram, I'm recreational drama, and everywhere else, um, I'm recreational drama or Casey Hamilton. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm delayed, so I was <laughs> a little bit, but thank you. So, like we always say, you all can continue the conversation with us on our platforms as well. If you would like to continue the conversation with me um, on my plat, my social medias, you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Lord Every. That is underscore L O R D E V E R Y. You guys know that you can find me on Instagram at Derwin King. That's D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. And on Twitter at Free Negro. That's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-S. And if you all would like to continue the conversation on the podcast platform, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at That Black Boy Joy. And if you all would like to be a guest on the show or just simply write in to us, you can hit us up at thatblackboyjoypodcast at gmail.com. And you all can also check out our audio, our visual podcast on youtube at that black boy joy and like we always tell our guests please tell our viewers and our listeners please be so in love with who you are bye